Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewitt and I'm glad you're up and about early on this beautiful Sunday morning. In a moment, our very own Lisa Penhart from the radio station will be stopping by to chat about what it's like to live with a handicapped pet. And later, Marianne Bell has some Halloween safety tips and a new book review. You'll need to stay tuned to get all the details, so don't go away. We'll be right back on the Pet Place Radio Show here on KGIL Retro 1260. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on Retro 1260. I'm Marie Hewitt, and I was able to grab right out of her radio station office, Lisa Penhart. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Welcome Marie. to the Pet Place. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> you know, I always chit-chat with you as uh, we're walking through the halls here at the radio station, and I learned that you have a handicapped pet. I do. My son. Your son. He's uh he's <laughs> 11. He's um I rescued him uh from the Santa Monica shelter about 7 years ago and he's a German shepherd. Okay. Purebred purebred. And um Was he handicapped at the shelter? Mm, well, he has EPI, so exocrine pancreatic insufficiency. So okay. I already knew that he had that digestive issue and um he was also on Doggy Downers, or Clomicom, wow. when I got him. Was he kind of stressed? Uh, yeah, I I learned that he was in, a, in and out of the shelter a couple of times, but, um, God, he he was trained by someone. And um, so when I saw him, he was kind of droopy-eyed and just so cute. And I thought, God, well, you're so long. You know, he was laying down, and he was so long, and I thought, well, can we just take him out and, you know, see? And we took him out into the the play area, and he just stood right next to me and, you know, did the total sit-stay from across the the yard. Wow. And I I was like, ah. So he was a turnkey dog. Yes, yes. Yes, um, except for when I got him home because he also has major separation anxiety. Um, he ripped through two of my screen doors. Oh, so when you went to work, he yeah, was not happy about that. He was that. not happy. Oh, my goodness. So what did you do? I replaced the door. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, and then I, well, you know, he trained me, really, mm-hmm. um, on how how to keep him okay. you know, with me. Um, and he would, he was Houdini. He would escape um, Santa Monica police. They knew him, They're, you know, when they caught him in the park mm-hmm. three times. Like, oh, that's Cash. Cash yep. mm-hmm. His name is Cash. <laughs> uh-huh. And um, smart, smart, just uh, the best dog, and I would bring him everywhere. He's, you know, 75 pounds and just... So he's a big boy. Yeah, and... Uh, but then what happened? How did yeah. he become disabled? Yeah, um, about a year and a half ago, he started dragging his right hind toenails ah. and um, from then it just kind of progressed and so now he 
he's also starting to drag his left leg, his left hind leg. So he's really, you know, kind of dragging himself around around oh, the house. So he's he's doing the the man in the desert dying of thirst routine. Yeah, yeah, but his, but his spirits are, you know, he's still lively and and wants to go everywhere and and I I can't bring him everywhere now because you know, I I have to I built up my left arm <laughs> because I had him in a have him in a um, I forget what it's do you, called. Do you use a cart for him now um, to help him get around? I, I also have a cart, but I usually use, like, um, it's a handy, it's like a slingy, a sling thing. Okay. I can't think of the name of it. I wish I could. So you give him a little extra support right. by putting him in the sling and holding that yourself, and right. that way he can walk. Right. And feel like he's walking. Right. And, then and in the happy. meantime, you get this great athletic workout <laughs> <laughs> on yeah. one side. Yeah, see? <laughs> wow. Yes, your right, your right bicep is quite a bit bigger than your left. <laughs> well, and I've evened them out. But <laughs> just kidding. Um, no, it's true. And so the thing is, I can't, I can't take him for long walks because either a he'll get tired or my arm feels like it's burning my muscle. Oh, okay. So I, I did get a um, uh, a cart. And, and how how is he adapted to that? Um, you know, it's I don't have a large um, home, and I don't have a real large um, yard. So you know, those carts they're they're kind you know they're wide and. So, so they're not very maneuverable exactly. in hallways and small areas where you might have a coffee table. Yeah, definitely not in the house. Okay. Um, so it's good for him when you're out and about to be in the cart so that he feels like he's still walking at a nice pace. Right. And right. does he like that? He likes it. Um, a couple of, well, in the beginning, you know, um, you have to really be careful because if they try to turn too quickly, the cart will go up and they'll and he's fallen over on his back yeah and it's just oh so there's a little (sighs) bit of a learning curve absolutely so wow yeah but has he gotten past that now yeah well i'm a lot more um conscious of it okay so i'm making sure he has to go they have to go forward they can't try to go back otherwise it they go over and they're you know strapped in and so uh you, you got to really work with it a little. Yeah. Oh, that's good to know. You know, I had never heard that before. I didn't know. I used to see little Wheelie Willie, the chihuahua, just uh-huh. race all over the place in his cart. But uh. he had been in his cart for, like, 15 or close to 20 years, actually. Wow. So he was a pro. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and as a chihuahua, I guess they're littler, so they can yeah. get through things. Lower center of gravity. Yeah. So, um... And the other thing, you know, with his... Oh, so we got an MRI. I mean, what's going on with him is that he's got um, a couple of um, bulging discs and he's got some arthritis in his back and can't really rule out the, the DM, the degenerative myelopathy. I'm okay. not sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but... Um, I'm not going to even attempt that. <laughs> Which is yeah, I sound like I sound like a doctor. Um, we play one on the radio. Uh, yeah, I do. but it's a degenerative disease that's within the for the people that don't know that's within the spine, and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, so, does anybody ever tell you 
Lisa, it's time to put him down. He's suffering. You shouldn't be putting yourself for him through this. Not in so many words, but, uh, yeah, and... um, How do you react to that? What's your response? Well, see, my... I punch them out. <laughs> yeah, well, listeners, this, you need to know that uh, Lisa is a martial artist, and she apparently has used her punching hand to uh, teach someone a lesson no, about her talking about her dog. Not true. <laughs> but, um, you know, his spirit is still great, and he, he still wants to go out. He wants to play. He wants to be loved and, and you know... So he still has quality of life, and he he's a happy boy. He does. He does. He has, you know, started pooping in the house, Uh-oh. where he would never, ever do that before. <laughs> but um, So you have to make some so, yeah. allowances and be prepared to do a little extra cleaning. Oh, yeah. He's 12 years old. You're giving him a great sunset life here. <laughs> yeah, he can basically do whatever he wants at this point. Okay. I, you know... He um, and acupuncture. We've we've oh, tell me about that. How has that worked out? Um, I think that it's working. Um, his doctor went to China. Doctor Tony George at Pet Medical Center. Okay. He went to China for the very first uh, veterinary acupuncture conference. Wow. And so he was gone for that time, and I I felt that Cash was, you know, he was he wasn't. Uh, it was getting worse, I felt like. Okay, because he didn't have because his regular have, doctor there mm-hmm. treating him. Yeah. And we've also gone to um, uh, water therapy, you know, swimming and things like okay, that. Okay, so that's good to help keep his muscles toned mm-hmm. and to keep him moving mm-hmm. in a low-impact situation. Right. Does he enjoy that? You know, he's a good swimmer. His back legs move and when he's swimming. So, you know. That's wonderful. Yeah. Okay. But, uh... So you have to do some extra things with him that you wouldn't have normally had to do if you had a perfectly healthy dog. Absolutely. And so that's impacted your life to a certain extent. Uh, I don't care. Is it worth it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? You know? Yeah. Who cares? He's Anything. Your baby. Yes, yeah. he is. So uh what would you tell listeners now who who have an older pet and are probably looking at similar circumstances in their life? What what kind of encouragement would you give them recommendations wow well you know every pet's different Mm -hmm. um depending on what's going on with them uh i gosh what what would i say hang in there (laughs) (laughs) don't give up (laughs) um just do uh, for me i i would just do anything that i can that would possibly make a difference you know whether it does or doesn't i you got to try. Do you talk to other people with handicapped pets sort of as a support group and share ideas, what's worked, what hasn't worked? Uh, yep. At, at Pet Medical Center, at Two Hands, Four Paws, their therapy as well. Okay. So so it all works out, and, and we all have to remember our pets give us the best years of, our, of their lives and support us when we're at our mm-hmm. worst. and. And it's only fair that we should do the same for them at yes. the very end of their lives Absolutely. when they need us most. Okay. So much love. Lisa, thank you so much. I know this is a very personal uh, topic for you, and I appreciate you taking a few minutes to come talk with us about it. Thank you. 
We need to take a very quick station break, but don't go away. We'll be right back with more on the Pet Place Radio Show on Retro 1260. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show here on KGIL Retro 1260. I'm Marie Hewitt, and our longtime friend slash official Pet Place book reviewer slash dog trainer extraordinaire Marianne Dell is here with us now. Good morning, Marianne. Hi, Marie. Hope I can live up to that intro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you will. How are you doing today? Very well. How are you? I'm doing pretty well, too, and I'm really looking forward to our talk today because we have a very interesting holiday coming up, and it's lots of fun for people, but maybe not so much for our pets. That's for sure. And it's we we're talking about Halloween, of course, and, yes, and it's a time where animals can get into a little trouble and, and might even get injured. So let's talk about your, your thoughts on keeping pets safe. Well, you know, one of the things that I had a perfect illustration of yesterday, now that we've turned Halloween into a holiday almost as full of decorations and parties as Christmas and the holidays around that time of year, uh, it's really important to keep in mind the way this can affect our animals. I was out walking one of my client's dogs yesterday, and we walked past a house that was all decorated for Halloween, Mm -hmm. and he didn't want to turn the corner because he didn't know what the heck those big, black, scary things and all those spider webs and everything else were, Uh and he didn't want to go near them. And we may not even think about that that some of the stuff we put up, some of it makes noise, and those noises can be very unnerving to dogs if they've never been around them before. And we have those scary Halloween uh, monsters, too, that are hiding behind bushes and things like that. Oh, my gosh, yes. And that is a very good reason not to take your dog with you when you go trick-or-treating. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, mom and dad are there if somebody jumps out and scares the kids and... Mom and Dad can deal with the kids and either take them back to the car, take them back home, um, or explain that, you know, that's really just Mr. Smith. It's really not scary. Or hopefully the kids are into the season and they get a chuckle out of it and think it's great and it's kind of scary that they enjoy. Mm -hmm. But we can't explain that to our pets. Right. We can't explain that that's just Mr. Smith. And, you know, used to be we believed, oh, we could put a costume on in our dogs would know it was us because it smelled like us. But the fact is, when you put a costume on, you change the way you appear to the dog, and they do use their eyesight. Right. And even though they can smell you, you don't look like you, and it's confusing, and maybe maybe you were actually eaten by whatever this thing is. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I can guarantee you one definite way to make my dog fly, who's nothing but a guard dog at heart, bark like crazy at me, and that would be for me to come into my house with a costume. Because uh-huh. that is probably exactly what he would think. <laughs> Some evil thing ate mom. <laughs> I smell her, but I don't see her. That's right. Oh, that would be terribly confusing for for a poor little dog. Yeah. <laughs> and then we also have to remember, too, doors are opening and closing. Strangers are coming. They're in costumes. It's a perfect opportunity for a scared dog to bolt out the door and get lost or hit by a car yes. or, or, you know, possibly even bite one of the little kids who's just out and about in costume. That's right. So what so. should we do to ensure something like that doesn't happen? 
keep your dog confined in a safe area of the house. If there's multiple people home, then put the dog in the den or in a bedroom with someone watching TV or doing some trick training or something that the dog enjoys, and just keep them away from all that hullabaloo at the front door. Very good. If if your dog's crate trained, you can also let it stay in its crate. Oh, and that's a good thing, too, because being in that little den-type area Mm -hmm. actually will give it a little more security. That's right, and give it maybe a stuffed Kong to chew on Mm -hmm. or something like that, some kind of interactive toy like that that will keep its mind occupied and keep it busy. How about playing some soothing music, too? Absolutely. Um essential oils, um, burning uh, aromatherapy candles, lavender is very soothing, lavender sprays can be very helpful. Okay. If your dog gets really, really stressed by the doorbell ringing all the time, you might consider if you have a trusted friend or a pet sitter or a relative who would take the dog for the evening and if they're not going to be giving out candy. Right. Um, getting Just get them away from whatever about the holiday could really stress them, and there's a lot of potential stressors surrounding yeah. this day. Some dogs really aren't phased at all by this and enjoy it, and they're happy-go-lucky, and they like having all mm-hmm. the visitors, but all the visitors might not be too thrilled about a dog running out, and, and you know they don't know if it's nice or not. Yes, and that's something else to keep in mind. It's still best to keep your dog or your cat or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, this is also an important time. You know, this comes up every year. A lot of rescue groups and shelters stop adopting out black cats that's around right. Halloween mm-hmm. um, because there are some people out there who do some not very nice things to them. And if you have a cat, this is a most important night to keep your cat indoors if it isn't already an all-indoor cat, which, mm-hmm. of course, cats should be. And if you, another reason that you should keep your cat indoors all the time anyway, but especially on Halloween, there are a lot more people driving, and there are a lot of parties going on, and there's a lot more drinking. So yeah. if your pets are running around outside and happen to get into the street, it's far more dangerous on Halloween than any other night. Absolutely. In the same way that we keep a close eye on our kids at Halloween, we need to keep a close eye on our pets. Now, what about candy? The kids are coming home with lots of booty in those bags, and uh, and dogs definitely are interested. What should we be concerned about? Well, chocolate, and depending on what kind of chocolate, can be <clears throat> excuse me, deadly for dogs and cats. Uh, the darker the chocolate, the more deadly it is, mm-hmm. and... Whereas if a big dog were to ingest a small piece of milk chocolate, it probably wouldn't phase it. It might give it a little diarrhea, but that's it. And I stress might. I'm not saying that you should give your dog chocolate. Mm -hmm. That same amount of chocolate ingested by a chihuahua could kill it. Wow. It, It is the type of chocolate and the body weight. Okay. And just be safe than sorry. And really, sugar doesn't do dogs any good. If people are giving out sugar-free gum that has xylitol in it, which will also kill a dog. Oh, wow. And 
So the best thing with candy is when you get it home, do not spread it out on the floor or anywhere where the dog might get it, mm -hmm. even if the dog is put away, because what if a piece rolls under some furniture and you don't see it? No, the and dog will. That's <laughs> right. Those sniffers work well. Okay. Well, that's all great advice, and I hope everybody takes that to heart. Keep your dogs safe during the Halloween season and your cats and any other pet you happen to have, birds too, if they happen okay. to get loose in that open door. Just make sure your pets are safe. And can I, can oh, I mention one more thing before absolutely, we stop? And absolutely. that's costumes. A oh. lot of people love the idea of putting a costume on their dog at this oh, time Oh, I year. know. It's so humiliating. <laughs> <laughs> it is very cute. I understand as one who's been there with my very tolerant Tibetan Spaniel. Uh -huh. A lot of organizations now uh, board and train facilities that do daycare, daycare facilities, I was just in a store the other day that's doing this, uh, one of those stores that sells homemade uh, dog treats and is a higher-end kind of store. Mm -hmm. They have Halloween parties, and you can bring your dog in costume to those, keeping in mind that seeing a bunch of dogs it doesn't know that have costumes on could be traumatic to varying degrees for dogs, so you need to be prepared to get out of there if your dog's not comfortable. Okay. But if you feel the need, Put your dog in a, in a costume and do this. That's the much better place to do it. Don't okay. dress it up and take it out on Halloween with you. Yeah, that is great advice, Marianne. And I know that you've done a book review for us, too, so <laughs> let's go ahead and switch gears now and talk about your book. All right. Well, this just came out, and it's gotten a lot of buzz about it, and so I had to buy it and read it. It's called The Lost Dogs. Okay. Michael Vick's Dogs and Their Tale of Rescue and Redemption. Ah. And it's by a man named Jim Garant, who is a writer for Sports Illustrated, who did an article back when the story all broke and turned that article into the basis for this book. And it is a tough read in places, especially if you love pit bulls and hate that they get this bad rap, mostly because of what people have done to them. Mm-hmm. But it is a marvelous story. I think the coolest thing about it is remembering some of the stuff that, you know, passed through me at the time this was all going down. They took 51 dogs off of Vic's property. Wow. They formed a group. <clears throat> there was a court advocate appointed to oversee what would happen to the dogs. She appointed a group of people from various groups around the country to analyze these dogs, assess them, do temperament tests, determine if any of them were placeable in foster homes with rescue groups um, to be adopted, to be used even in police work. Okay. Of those 51 dogs, and the group never thought they would see this number, 50 tested okay. Wow. Yep. There was one dog who was so squirrely and unpredictable and stressed that they felt that she was not a good candidate for rehabilitation. Okay. But the rest of the dogs were. Many of them have ended up in homes. Several of them, at least several, are doing therapy work. Wow. Um, some of them are still at Best Friends in Utah. They took, I believe they took 22 of the dogs. Okay. And some of them may very well stay there or stay there quite long term because they've not reached the point yet where... They can be fully comfortable putting them in a home. The dogs were required to have a canine good citizen test, which is a real basic determinant of can your dog deal with a novel situation and respond to you, the handler, and be 
a comfortable, calm participant in the world at that point. Mm -hmm. And the dogs had to pass that CGC test before they could be considered for adoption. And a lot of the dogs did. That is fabulous. I know there are so many people who say that fighting dogs can never be rehabilitated and, and when they're impounded they just need to be euthanized for the good of everybody. Yes. And, and it's nice to hear that that wasn't the case. And the thing is, you know, I've, I've had discussions with uh, shelter personnel since reading this book and talking about it and with people who have worked with uh, I have a friend who did a documentary on dog fighting back when she was working in Chicago in a shelter there, and she adamantly believes that fighting dogs should be put down, not so much for the reason that you just gave, which is very common among people, but because they take space from dogs that definitely are rehabilitatable and are definitely adoptable. Hmm. And, you know, I think with everything, there's no black and white with any of this. You right. have to look at resources available. Mm -hmm. The government put resources behind these dogs. Vic had to pay 900 and some thousand dollars, which he balked on at first, according to the book, but then eventually did pay, and that was used for rehabilitation of the dogs, oh, surgeries wonderful. and other types of things, and mm -hmm. just went to the fosters and the rescues like best friends that dealt with them. And... If you have those kinds of resources and they only can be committed to these dogs, the dogs absolutely deserve a chance. That's right, and it, and it seems to have worked. And mm -hmm. so 50 out of 51 are given a second chance. These are Michael Vick's dogs. Uh, yep. if, if the listeners are, are having trouble trying to figure out the story there, just do a quick Internet search and then read all about the history. It's an amazing, amazing story. And and it's nice to hear it's had a happy ending. It is. The book is difficult to read in places. I will say that. Um, it is very difficult to get through in some places, but I'm very glad I read it because it reminded me of how no animal should be judged by what it is, where it comes from. Just like people, they're individuals, and they need to be assessed as individuals. Absolutely. Well, thank you for this great book review and the great Halloween tips. It's always a pleasure when you come on the show. Well, thanks, Marie. I always enjoy being here. Well, wonderful, and I hope you'll come back again soon. Of course. It is time for our last break of the morning, but when we return, get ready for Pet Place news and events here on Retro 1260. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewitt, and it's time for Pet Place News and Events. On November 6th, from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m., it's time again for Pet Days at the Orange County Marketplace. Head on down to the Orange County Fairgrounds and visit with adoptable pets. Check out pet-related vendors. Enjoy some great animal demonstrations and special guests. And enjoy the Marketplace. For more info, email ocpetdays at yahoo.com. And remember, if there's anything you want featured on the Pet Place Radio Show, check out our website at petplace.org and fill out our little questionnaire, and we'll make sure that your topics get included on this show. That's all for me today. The Pet Place will be back next Sunday here on KGIL Retro 1260. I'm Marie Hewitt. Please spare new to your pets. And have a wonderful day.